Okay, uh, brothers and sisters in the faith, welcome to another episode of BBQA. Tonight we'll focus our study on Matthew chapter 24, where Yahusha gives us some signs about the end of the age. Now, many questions have been raised uh, because of what is happening throughout the world. Not only do we have the pandemic, the economic uh, downfall, downturn, the recession, depression. Uh, we also have, of course, the looming world war that could be in the horizon. Um, so many people are asking, you know, where are we along the timeline that leads to the end of the age? And this question was given to us by one of our followers. This is the question that was raised. Good morning, Paul. I noticed, Brother John, that what is written in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, and so that will be the focus of our study today, is repeating again in our time. So she's he or she is speaking about some of the patterns that were mentioned and fulfilled already in the past that seem to be repeating again. Our former leaders taught these verses as a sign that the church in these last days will appear. She's or she is speaking about the 1914 prophecy. And so the question is this, number one, my question is this pattern going to repeat over and over again until that day, the end of the age comes. And so the person quotes a scripture, Matthew 24, uh, 3 down to 4. Now as he sat in the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Yahusha answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So the person quotes Matthew 24, 1 to 4, and then 6 to 8, and then continues on with the question. And now it is happening again with Russia and Ukraine rumors of war between China and Taiwan. How do we know uh, that this is the last turn of the circle or pattern and the next one is really the end of the age? Is there a way to know or we wait for the fulfillment of the signs? I understand that no one knows the day and the hour. I just want to remain a watchful servant, but sometimes it's hard, Brother John. The pandemic happened, famine, and now this war. The prices and oil are affected. I want to focus on God's works, but these things get in the way. I just want to know so I won't spend all my time worrying about the future life here on earth. Sorry if I sound impatient. I guess what I'm trying to say and do is I just want to focus on God's works and wait for our King Yahusha's uh, return. So we empathize with many of those who write in and kind of express their frustration, their worry, their fear, their concern because of what is happening nowadays. But like what is mentioned in this uh, question, let us focus on the work of God, okay? That should be our focus, to focus on Yahuwah, Yahusha, and the work Yahuwah called us to do. And so to go back to the question, you notice the person asks, and now it's happening again uh, with Russia and Ukraine, rumor of war between China and Taiwan. The question is asked because we teach and we have taught in the past that Matthew 24, 6 to 8 has already been fulfilled, which takes us to the main question, right? Book of Matthew 24. Our former leaders uh, taught these verses 
as a sign that the church in the last days will appear. My question is this pattern going to repeat over and over again until that day comes. So the question is, we have taught this passage and mentioned World War I as the fulfillment, right? And then World War II as the other fulfillment. And so it's this pattern repeating again and again. And so what is this verse about? What prompted the disciples to ask the question? And what signs is this uh, communicating to us? Let's go to Matthew 24 and the verses 3. Now, as he sat in the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And so Yahusha's disciples, after Yahusha preached in the temple, if you read Matthew 23, it's about Yahusha in the temple debating with some of the Pharisees. And then after that, he looked at Jerusalem and he was grieved because he wanted Jerusalem to be saved. But he knew because they rejected him as king that Jerusalem is going to fall. And Jerusalem is going to turn into a bunch of a pile of stones. It's going to be destroyed, not only the temple, but also the city. And so when Yahusha left the temple, uh, before he could leave the premises of the temple, his disciples go to him privately and they show him the temple. And then ask the question, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? This is actually two questions. The first question is, when will these things be pertains to when will the temple be uh, destroyed? When will the city of Jerusalem be destroyed? And that answer was actually given in Luke chapter 21. That's when the army, remember, when the army begins to surround the city, run to the mountains, that's the answer given by Yahusha. He doesn't give it specifically here in Matthew 24. But what Yahusha focuses on in Matthew 24 is answering the second part of the question. What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And so what sign was given by our king Yahusha? Let's read the book of Matthew 24, 6 to 8 and 33. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. We've studied this prophecy many times in the past. And what signs did Yahusha, our king, give to us? He mentions several. Here you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. You got famines, pestilences, and earthquakes. So these are the events serving as signs mentioned by our king Yahusha. And after detailing, after mentioning these events, the wars, the famines, the pestilences, the earthquakes, what does Yahusha say regarding them? He says all these things. Verse 8, all these, when you see all these things, know it is at the door. So Yahusha calls them these things. In other words, they are trends. They are patterns that is going to happen that will be characteristic of the end times. However, also notice that after Yahusha said these things are taking place, the end is not yet. We are at the doors. What does that tell us? It tells us these trends 
the wars, the famines, the pestilences, the earthquakes, they're going to happen throughout the time of the end. And so these patterns are to be expected. They're going to repeat themselves again and again. So that's to answer the first question. Let's go ahead and answer another question. How do we know, Brother John, that it is the last turn of the circle or pattern, and the next one is really the end of the age? Is there a way to know, or do we wait for the fulfillment of the signs? Ultimately, we wait for the fulfillment of all the signs, right? I mean, it's good to anticipate and to kind of get some of the generalities of where we fall along the timeline of the end. It's good to kind of know that to prepare ourselves, but ultimately we have to wait, right? And sometimes it's hard to wait. And so while we wait, our focus should be what? Pleasing Yahuwah and pleasing Yahushua. That's how we wait. However, having said that, our King Yahushua does give us a clue about when it will come to its conclusion. Let's go back to Matthew 24. If you notice in Matthew 24, Yahushua, after saying all these, he also says they are the beginning of sorrows. And so these events mentioned by our King Yahushua, the wars and rumors of wars, the famines, pestilence, earthquakes, it will lead to the beginning of sorrows. When we look at the Greek rendition of what beginning of sorrows mean, it actually means of birth pains, birth pangs. When a woman is about to give birth, the woman experiences labor pains. I'm sure mothers who have delivered understand and know what that means, right? And so you begin with a birth pang. What happens to those birth pangs? It becomes more and more intense, more and more frequent. So according to our King Yahusha, these trends, these patterns are going to get more and more emphatic, is going to increase in frequency. So when it comes to these patterns, uh, these signs given to us by our King Yahusha, we can expect that these signs will coalesce together towards the finality of the end. And all these patterns or signs will become even more intense in terms of its threat against human existence. And so when we look at the signs and it's becoming more and more profound and emphatic and occurring together instead of in isolation, we know we are getting closer to the finality of the end and what will be the result once we get closer and closer to that point. According to Isaiah 24, therefore the curse has devoured the earth and those who dwell in it are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men are left. The earth is violently broken. The earth is split open. The earth is shaken exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall totter like a hut. Its transgression shall be heavy upon it and it will fall and not rise again. And so what will happen to the earth once all of these signs and patterns and trends concerning the end times kind of coalesce or merge together to give you that final punch that will deliver the final blow towards the end, according to the prophet Isaiah, the earth, while it's experiencing all of its sorrows and problems and troubles, it's likened to a, a drunk that is uh, reeling to and fro and eventually it falls. It, it shall totter like a hut and it will fall never to rise again. And in the process of getting there, the Bible says few men 
are left. And so when we get closer and closer to the finality of the end times, we're gonna, we're gonna know for sure because fewer and fewer people remain alive. This is why Yahusha gave us a sign. Yahusha responded to the question posed by the disciples because a sign is good, right? Is it good to be given a sign? Absolutely. Why? Because if you're given a sign, it means you are given a period of warning. It's like when you're driving a car and you come across a stoplight, you have green light, red light, and yellow light. When you have a yellow light, what does that mean? Speed up, right? <laughs> no, I mean slow down because a yellow light means what's going to happen soon. There's going to be a red light soon. And so you give you, so a, a, a sign is like a warning and a period a period of warning has a beginning and an end. You know, how long does a yellow light stand, uh, last for anyways? Does anyone know? Two seconds, one, one second, three seconds. Maybe I can ask my daughter, how many seconds? She doesn't know because she doesn't, never tries to beat the yellow light or beat the red light. That's a good thing, right? So anyways, the whole point is, if you're given a warning, that's good. But always remember, a period of warning is not forever. A period of warning is transient. It is only for a set amount of time. And so when Yahuwah, who Yahusha, is given us a warning about the end, we need to pay attention because if we see the warning taking place, what does it mean? It's very close to the end. It's very close to the great tribulation. And so what does Yahusha, what does Yahuwah do? What kind of sign if it's a warning sign for humanity, what kind of sign does he usually uh, give? What kind of warning sign? And what effect does he want upon the people? Let's read the book of Revelation 9, 20 to 21. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. So when it comes to a sign during the end times, which serve as a warning for all human beings throughout the world, what are characteristics of these signs? Well, number one, it is global. You notice the Bible says the rest of mankind. So mankind all of mankind. It's global. It's a global sign, right? Because Yahuwah wants the attention of the whole world because he wants the whole world to repent and to return to him. So that's number one. Number two, what's the effect that he wants? He wants people to repent. This is why the nature of the warning is pretty devastating. Can you imagine the rest of mankind? Uh, many people were killed because it says, it says here, the rest of mankind who were not killed this tells us there's a lot who were killed, right? If you actually read the rest of the chapter, a third of mankind were killed. So that's a lot of people killed. And so when it comes to Yahuwah's warning, it comes in the form of plagues, devastating plagues, which destroy and threaten humanity's existence. So it's global because Yahuwah wants all people to repent and to, to turn to him for salvation. It is devastating. Otherwise, if the uh, warning does not capture your attention, you're just going to ignore it, right? Number two, it will cause people to stop relying on human wisdom and power and to look up to who? To God. It 
takes humanity to a point of desperation because sometimes that's what is required for people to actually look beyond themselves and look to someone else for their salvation and deliverance. It's like a person who has some kind of physical ailment, right? Maybe it's a toothache. And so what do you do? Maybe you put some oil in it or maybe get some painkillers like Aleve or Tylenol. And so you do that for a couple of days, but a week goes by, and the pain is still there and you can't bear it anymore. What do you do? You stop relying on self, right? You turn to the professionals. I can't do this on my own. I need, I need, I need someone else's help. And so sometimes when we are taken to the point of desperation, we no longer can ignore it. And we turn to someone other than ourselves to ask for help and deliverance. So that's what Yahuwah wants to help it. This is why the signs are global. The signs are devastating because Yahuwah wants people not to stop relying on human strength and wisdom and to look up to who? To God who can deliver them. So what are these signs given to us by our King Yahusha? Matthew 24, 6 to 8. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Let's focus on that sign because it's distinct. It's by itself, right? Yahusha begins with that. You will hear, he mentions, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. And something that should catch our attention in this warning given by our King Yahushua is the fact that this war is going to be rumored and is going to be heard throughout the whole world. It's a global sign. And so it is to be heard and rumored throughout the world. Now, what do you think would aid in fulfilling that prophecy? What is needed to be established first for this prophecy to, to take wings and be fulfilled? Right? For it, for it to be heard and to be rumored throughout the world, somebody had to invent a telegraphy, wireless communication. This was invented by Marconi in 1895. And in 1901, the first uh, uh, Marconi was able to receive the first transatlantic uh, radio transmission back December 12, 1901. And so his invention paved the way for the war to be communicated globally instantly through wireless telegraphy. And this resulted, of course, in many nations participating in the War of 1914. So there was World War Number 1, 1914 to 1918. Yes, there's many wars fought in the past, but World War I was significantly different. It was a category on its own. The first war fought in three dimensions, remember? By land, by sea, and by air. First war that involved so many nations. As a matter of fact, according to historians, more than 100 nations uh, worldwide eventually joined the conflict there in World War I because so many nations were affected. So it was a global phenomenon. It was a global war and it affected so many lives when that war took place. And so we know this war was hurt because it was possible during that time for this war for this war to be communicated throughout the entire world. So we know that was fulfilled in 1914, but also take note, Yahushua says, but the end is not yet. It seems that Yahushua is saying, this period of warning will begin with the world war, right? It's gonna begin with the world war, but the end is not yet. Why? We are still in that period of warning where people still have the opportunity to repent and return to, 
Yahuwah. The end is not yet. You see that, right? And after Yahushua says that, look what he says again. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And so it seems that there's going to be another war where, which will include not just one or two, but many nations and ethnic groups fighting against each other. And so in the past, I used to believe that was World War II. But I'm thinking now this is going to be a war that is not World War II, but a world war that is to take place in the future. Another war like World War I. Because what Yahusha seems to be doing here is giving us the endpoints, the beginning and the end of the period of warning. Okay. And so it starts with a war. What kind of war? A global war. And this period of uh, warning is going to conclude with another war. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And if you look at the Greek rendition of nation, it's actually ethnos ethnic groups against ethnic groups, nations against nations. And when you really think about it, it's kind of happening now. Because when you think about wars between ethnic groups and wars between nations, take a look at this uh, graph or this uh, picture. These are the ongoing wars and conflicts being fought in 2021. And that's before Ukraine and Russia. We know what happened recently, right? Russia invaded Ukraine. And this is very significant. You know why? Because of the capability, the capabilities of Russia. What kind of nation is Russia? It is a nation equipped with missiles that have nuclear capabilities, nuclear missiles, nuclear weapons. And when you think about the participation of Russia in this war and how it could possibly escalate to involve nations in NATO led by the United States, this could be a cold war. And that's, that could result in grave consequences. This is why this war that is looming between Russia and the Ukraine is not just Russia and Ukraine. This is actually setting something up that is bigger in scope. It's leading to that war that will, that will attempt to destroy Israel and that would lead to a whole host of other destructive consequences. And so we can see that these wars, these are time markers for the period of warning that was given to us by Yahusha. But what should we understand about the wars mentioned by our King Yahusha? With this one, according to our King Yahusha, nation will rise against nation, he mentions, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. If we were to look at the pattern of the first war, 1914, 1918, World War number one. What came soon after that? What came along with that, which started in 1918? It was the Spanish influenza pandemic. Did you notice that these two signs coalesced in 1914? They were in tandem in, in being fulfilled. That's significant because that pattern is appearing again today. When you think of, when you think of the Spanish flu, it broke out in 1918, killed 500 million people. That's a lot of people, right, uh, that it killed. That's an estimate. Um, and this is how it spread, the death rate. So it's a global, a global pandemic. Um, and we know when you look at that map, it's a global event, a global plague. 
and you couple that with World War I, which is also a global plague, we can see the clustering of the war and the pandemic to be one kind of marker. Seems to serve, serve as the beginning of the period of warning Yahusha was speaking about. Because when you think now, about 100 years later, all of a sudden we have the COVID pandemic, right? And when you think of the COVID pandemic, I mean, when did it, when will it actually end this COVID-19 pandemic? And when you look at where COVID has affected the world, we can say it's global. In fact, when you really think about it, the Spanish flu, it came in three phases, but it wasn't simultaneous. When it comes to the, the COVID case, I think it's, you can make a case, this is the first truly global, global pandemic not only because of the consequences it brought, not just in one or two countries, but the whole world, because the whole world had to cooperate with each other, right, for this to work. And so this took place in 2020 to 2022. And who knows, maybe in the horizon, a war could be brewing that involves the whole world. We're not saying it's going to be 2022. It could be probably 2023 or Onward, we don't know. But what Yahushua is uh, telling us is these trends are going to keep happening. So we should not be surprised. There are many wars and rumors of wars taking place in the world even today. And so when we look at 1914, right, the first time the World War took place alongside an infl uh, a pandemic, a pestilence, it's not until 2020 that COVID pandemic kind of comes up again. And so there's this span of time. You see that span of time between the first world war and what could be the war that Yahushua was speaking about nation against nation, ethnos against ethnos and the war, uh, kingdom against kingdom. And that's in 2020. When 2020 happened, the pandemic, I mean, did it affect you? Did it affect someone you love? Did it affect the whole world? Did it change the way we started thinking? It did, right? And then as we thought we were getting past it, what happens next? All of a sudden, we're now facing another kind of global warning, which is what? Russia invading Ukraine, and it's affecting everyone as well because of the tension and threat against security it has on practically all nations throughout the world, not to mention the economic influence it has, right? People are losing money, people, inflation is going way up. And so we know this is indeed a global event. And so there's been a long time, this period of grace, this period of time between 1914 and 2020. It's been a long time. How many years is that, by the way? 1914 to 2020. How long is that? About 100 years? More than 100 years, right? And so there's a long gap of time between this clustering of these uh, global events tells us that Yahuwah is giving us the opportunity to be saved, right? And there's a reason for that. What does Yahuwah want? Second Peter, and what does he call this, this long period of wait? The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is, what does it say? Long-suffering toward us not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yahuwah, if he wanted to, could he end the world now? Could he end the age now? Yes, 
But what is keeping him from doing that? The Bible calls it his long suffering. Because of his long suffering, what opportunity does he give humanity? The opportunity to repent and to return to him. That's what he wants. The effect of this, his long suffering, is, it should be to produce repentance from all humanity. That's what he wants. He wants people to repent. So when we look at this long period of time, which started in 1914, the beginning of the opportunity during the end times, and what is happening now, this long period of time, we can call that Yahuwah's long suffering, right? Now, we haven't uh, given a exact date because we have to wait until it happens. We're not telling you when it's going to be. It's going to be 2022, 2023, 2024, but we know it's going to happen. We just don't know when. And so we have Yahuwah's long suffering before the end of the age actually comes. And what clue do we have concerning Yahuwah's long suffering that he is giving us in preparation for the end of the age? Well, let's go back to Matthew 24. Remember, Matthew 24 tells us about the signs of the coming of the Son of Man. To what does he liken that to? But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Remember, the question that we're trying to answer is, how can we know when this cycle, this, this circle will stop, right? And it's going to be actually the end already. How do we know that? Well, this is one way that we can know that. Yahushua says that uh, as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. And so what Yahushua wants us to do is to go back and study what happened during the days of Noah. And from there, we can kind of see what life was like what the conditions of the earth was like, and the long suffering of Yahuwah, how long it was, right? And so let's go ahead and do that. Genesis 6, 5 to 7. Then Yahuwah saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And Yahuwah was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So Yahuwah said, I will destroy man, whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. So what is the days of Noah like? Well, when Yahuwah looked upon the hearts of men, did he like what he saw? No. In fact, Yahuwah says the, wicked, the, the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And when he looked at the imagination, the thoughts of human uh, human the human mind, what did he find? Every intent uh, of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I don't know. Can you make a case at what was happening during the days of Noah, the wickedness of man? Can we make a case that it's also happening now? Yeah, right? I mean, the, the wickedness of the thoughts of men are evil. So what did Yahuwah decide to do? He says, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, widespread wickedness. That's what was during the days of Noah. That's also what we have today. What also did our father Yahuwah saw during the days of Noah, 11 and 13? The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their ways on the earth. 
And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth, uh, the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. And so what did Yahuwah also see upon the face of the earth? What did he see? Not just wickedness, right? He also saw corruption. What else? The earth was filled with violence. Can we say the same thing today? That this world is characterized by corruption and wickedness. Unfortunately, we can say that. And what's really, really mind-boggling and distressing to think about, many religious organizations are also in that category, right? Many religious organizations today are known to be corrupt, and also they're known to for their acts of violence. And so what happened back then during the days of Noah, it's happening during our time. So Yahuwah said, the end of all flesh has come. He has decreed that all flesh will be destroyed. How will it be destroyed? What was Yahuwah's decision? How was he going to destroy the whole world? By means of a flood. However, before carrying out that destruction, what did Yahuwah declare? And Yahuwah said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever. For he is indeed flesh, yet his day shall be 120 years. So that grace period, that long suffering of Yahuwah for mankind was what? For how long? 120 years. Yahuwah decrees he's going to destroy the earth, but he has a grace period. His long suffering lasted, lasted for how long? 120 years. And so as that clock, began to count down, he notices someone. Who's that? But Noah found grace in the eyes of Yahuwah. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And so uh, somebody stood out in the eyes of Yahuwah after he saw the earth was filled with uh, wickedness, violence, and corruption, that he decided to destroy the whole, all of the flesh of the earth. But then he saw Noah. And with him, he's going to start over, right? So what does he command Noah to do? Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And when Noah was 600 years old, the flood waters came and destroyed the earth. And so how long was the long suffering of God? 120 years. How long did Noah build the ark? Less than 120 years. We don't know how long, but we know when Noah was 500 years old, he had his three sons. And when he was 600 years old, what happened to uh, the, the earth? It was the floodwaters were on the earth. And so it probably took Noah maybe 50, 75 years to build the ark. We don't really know. But the grace period, the long suffering of Yahuwah Abba for the earth was how long? 120 Years And while Noah was building the ark, what was he also doing? And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. What was Noah doing while he was building the ark? He was also preaching righteousness. And while he was preaching righteousness, what was Yahuwah Abba doing? First Peter 3.20, who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah 
While the ark was being prepared, which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. And so while the ark was being built, Noah was preaching. And here's Yahuwah. He's waiting for people to respond to the preaching of Noah. He was waiting for people to repent. But how many repented? How many went along with Noah and his family? Zero. All right. Only the eight were saved. Can you imagine that? 120 years of long suffering. The result was only eight people. This is why we need to learn to really benefit from the long suffering of Yahuwah. The opportunity is giving us to be saved. But if Yahusha said, you know, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be during the days of the Son of Man. The sad conclusion we can draw from that is that just like during the days of Noah, Noah's preaching was ignored during these last days. The preaching about Yahusha is also going to be ignored. This is why those who are listening to this preaching, we need to really take heed. And we really need to focus on Yahuwah's long suffering. He's giving us the opportunity to be saved. So we can say in 1914, the period of warning. The beginning of his long suffering began because human beings were given the opportunity to repent. But today, the opportunity to repent is about to close. And so we need to do our best to make the most of the opportunity Yahuwah is giving us because of his long suffering. Now, what else is going to happen? The book of Matthew 24. So you also, when you see all these things, Know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. And so when we see all these things take place, how soon will it be? When the end of the age will come. Bible says this generation will not pass. Which generation? The generation that sees all of these events unfolding. That's our generation, isn't it? And so this generation will not pass unless, you know, uh, Yahusha is going to come. The end of the age is going to come before this generation will pass. But Yahusha mentions when you see all these things. So far, we talked about war, pestilence, famine, earthquakes, right? But what also did Yahusha include? Because we want to look at the, the part where he says all of these things. Now, we know that the Gospels are two kinds. We have the synoptic Gospels, and we have the Gospel of John, right? What are the synoptic Gospels? Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so Matthew, Mark, and Luke have their own versions of the Gospel. They all were able to listen to Yahusha preaching and teaching and taking down notes. But when they wrote about the accounts, there are some variances Matthew's account is what we read. Yahusha says, according to the gospel, according to Matthew, is that all these things are going to happen. And he adds wars. What else did he add? Earthquakes, pestilences, and famines, right? But in the Luke account, there were some other additions that were not included in Matthew. In the Luke account, Luke tells us he gives us the answer to when, remember, when uh, the temple is going to be destroyed. 
which wasn't given by Matthew. Luke gives it to us. So some, there's some details that Luke gives that Matthew doesn't give. And there are some details about what else is going to take place that Luke gives us that we need to also look into. So what are they? Luke 21, 25 to 26. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectations of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. So what other events did Yahusha spoke about concerning the end times that Luke adds in his gospel? Well, Yahusha, uh, the Bible says, Yahusha says that people are going to be afraid. They're going to be living in fear. And when you think about people today, so many people living in fear. So many people living in, in anxiety and they're worried about what's going to happen, right? And there's a reason behind what's causing all that fear. In addition to the wars and the famines and the pestilences, what also does Yahushua speak about? He speaks of the signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. So he's looking at the heavenly signs, right? And if you're watching the news, there are many anomalies taking place above the Earth's atmosphere. I mean, some scientists, this was written January 4, 2022. Are we ready for the next big solar storm? There seems to be a big solar storm coming. The biggest geomagnetic storm in recorded history happened more than 150 years ago. Now we're entering yet another period of solar maximum. Imagine that. You have the pandemic, right? You have the war that includes Russia that could possibly escalate to a Cold War. You have that. And now you have this. I don't know. That sounds like the birth pangs to me, right? Remember the birth pangs when it all coalesces together and if it threatens to destroy humanity, the existence of human beings, I mean, just think of the Cold War, just think of Russia and the United States battling it out with nuclear weapons. They can destroy the earth and all human beings in it thousands of times over, right? And so that's a big problem. Not only that, NASA asteroid warning, Eiffel Tower size asteroid narrowly missed Earth last December. It was last December. We were, we were having our festivities, watching Netflix. Didn't even realize this Eiffel Tower size asteroid narrowly missed the Earth. How many asteroids are upcoming that we don't know about yet, right? And so there are signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. What else? The sea and the waves roaring and so this is speaking about climate and atmospheric change that is producing anomalies in our experience of weather and we know according to i mean just 2021 i mean take a look at this graph right which started in 1980 1980 global weather mega disasters costing 20 billion 20 plus billion from 1980 to 2021. Do you see a trend? It's getting worse, right? I mean, this year, 2021 was a, a very anomalous year. It, it was a very problematic year. What happened just in 2021? Number one, the most extreme heat wave in world history. <laughs> 2021, on top of pande the pandemic and what is happening with Russia and Ukraine, you have this, 
neither, never in the, the century plus history of world weather observation has so many all time heat records by such a large margin that in the historic late June 2021 heat wave in uh, Western North America, the intense heat wave was the second deadliest weather disaster of the year with 1,037 deaths, 808 in Western Canada, 229 in Northwestern US. The only deadlier weather disaster of 2021 was the summer monsoon uh, flooding in India that claimed 1,292 lives according to the insurance broker. <laughs> Amazing, right? But you go from extreme heat and then the next one, you get the February cold wave in central US, the second costliest winter weather disaster in world history. And then the European summer floods, the costliest weather disaster in European history. And July, 2021, the earth's warmest month in recorded history. This is all in 2021. I mean, what is in store in 2022 and beyond? You see how it's coalescing together like a birth pain? It's all coalescing together, pointing to a climax. This is why we know that period of long suffering is about to come to an end. We need to do something about that. What else? The Bible mentions distress of nations with perplexity. You know, so many nations today are perplexed and they're distressed. What's bringing about the distress? Security. Because people are afraid of war. Nations today, they don't know what to do concerning Russia and Ukraine. They don't know what to do if there's going to be a World War III. People are, are worried because of the economic collapse. It's bringing a lot of stress, not only in the, 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 the population, but also the leaders in the government. They don't know what to do. They're perplexed about what to do. And they even invented what is called the doomsday clock. Have you heard about the doomsday clock? It was invented uh, by Albert Einstein, founded in 1945 by Albert Einstein and the University of Chicago scientists who helped develop the first atomic weapons in the, in the Manhattan Project. The bulletin of the atomic scientists created the doomsday clock two years later using the imagery of apocalypse symbolized by midnight. And so it's all about midnight. When you get to midnight, that's apocalypse. When you get to midnight, that's the end of the world as we know it. So you don't want the clock to get to midnight. You want it to be as far from midnight as possible, right? So that's kind of the imagery that they use and the contemporary idiom of nuclear explosion countdown to zero to convey threats to humanity and the planet. The doomsday clock is set every year by the Bulletin Science and Security Board in consultation with its board of sponsors, which includes 11 Nobel laureates. The clock has become a universally recognized indicator of the world's vulnerability to catastrophe from nuclear weapons, climate change, and disruptive technologies in other domains. In March, 2022, the Science and Security Board released a new statement in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But before we get there, let's look at how it was in the past. You notice uh, we don't want the clock to hit 12 midnight, right? We don't want that. But look at this, um, 1949, uh, it came pretty close. Like it hit the three minute mark, 19, 1984, 
the three minute mark. That's when the US-Soviet relations reached its lowest point, 1953, when the US tested the hydrogen bomb. So that was like the closest to the, to, uh, to the doomsday clock, to midnight. But notice uh, because of the war, and when it went to 2022, both inside and security board condemns Russian invasion of Ukraine, doomsday clock stays at 100 seconds to midnight. That's less than two minutes. They're telling us when the, the, the people who belong to the science bulletins, bulletin science and security board, when they do the analysis of what is happening in talks between nations, the economy, the, uh, the catastrophe brought about by weather conditions and other factors that they take into consideration. When they add all that up, they give you an estimate of how close we are to the doomsday clock. And so we're 100 seconds away. In other words, we're a lot closer now than ever before in the history of men. And so we live in the distress of nations. So we know, brothers and sisters, we are getting there. But one more sign that Yahushua spoke about is the powers of heaven will be shaken. We have no idea what that means. But when it happens, there's no more guesswork needed. We know what it is. And so all of these events coalescing together, merging together until it reaches its end point when there's no more opportunity for us to repent. And so Yahushua says when these signs are being fulfilled, what must we do? And they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. And so this is what our response should be. If we belong to the assembly of Yahusha, if we follow Yahusha as our king and savior, this should not bring fear. Instead, this should bring joy in a weird sounding kind of way. When everyone else is going through tribulation, it's kind of weird to say, you know, I feel joy, but this is what Yahushua is telling us, right? He's telling us when all these things are happening, look up, lift up your heads because redemption draws near. We, our sins have already been redeemed, but our bodies have not been redeemed yet. This is why we still get sick. This is why we still get old, right? This is why we still sin. But the day will come when even our bodies will be redeemed. Complete salvation. And so this is why Yahushua says we need to look up to him. In other words, all of these plagues that are happening, which serve as warning signs, ought to move all of us to stop relying on human wisdom, human power, and human strength, and begin to look up and to place our confidence and trust in Yahuwah and in our King Yahushua. And so what must we do? If when we look up to him. What does that mean? Matthew 24, 42 to 44. Watch therefore, for you do not know uh, what hour your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the son of man is coming at an hour you do not expect. What must we do? Because we know all these signs are being fulfilled. Bible says we need to watch. What does it mean to, to watch? We need to expect the coming of our King and Savior, Yahusha. We don't know the exact day or hour, right? But generally, we can know the signs of the times. 
This is why Yahusha says, if you know what hour the thief will come, then you have to watch. That way you will not be taken advantage of and the house will not be broken into. Yahushua is telling us also the same thing. We know the general signs of the times. What is happening now ought to prompt all of us to begin preparing and to expect that Yahushua can come anytime. And so what must we do? We need to live our life as though, right? Any day, Yahushua can return. Every time we wake up in the morning, we need to say to ourselves, today, today could be the day when our king will return. And so let us watch, be watchful for our king, Yahushua. Let us be watchful for what Yahuwah is going to do and what must we keep on doing so that we can remain watchful. Let's read one more passage before we pray together. Romans 2, 4 to 7. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality. What must we do so that we can say that we are watching for Yahuwah, watching for the return of, of our King Yahusha? Let us not despise the riches of God's goodness. What is the riches of God's goodness? His long suffering. The fact that he has given us a warning. It's like he is shaking the world right? Shaking it, telling us, wake up, wake up. The end is about to come. Let's not take that for granted. Instead, let us do our best to heed, to heed the forbearance, the long suffering, the goodness of Yahuwah Abba, giving us the opportunity. What must we do then? It should lead us to repentance. And repentance means to leave behind our wicked ways and to return to our loving father through his son, Yahusha. And to continue to do good works, seeking glory, honor, and immortality. This is what Yahuwah wants us to do. But just like what was mentioned by our King Yahusha, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be during the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And so either we're going to ignore the signs or we're going to take heed of the signs. Brethren, let us not be among the majority. Because when we go back during the days of Noah, how many were saved? Only eight. The rest perished during the flood. This is why let us do our best. Because we know that for the majority of the world, they will perish. This time, not by water, but by fire. They're going to perish. But we need to heed the warning of Yahuwah and Yahusha. Let us do our best to repent and to be rich in good works. But, you know, there's a reason why the majority of people will, will perish. That's because they're not able to heed the most repeated warning of the end times. There is a most repeated warning of the end times that people do not heed. This is why in the end, they're going to perish. Do you know what that is? Do you know what the most repeated warning is in the end times? Taught by Yahusha. Confirmed by the apostles, but disregarded and ignored by the majority. 
And if we will not heed this most repeated warning of the end times, how can we be saved? What is the most repeated warning of the end times? We'll study that next week so that we can be sure that we will not fall victim of ignorance of this teaching of our King Yahusha. That is our lesson for today. Let us stand and we shall pray. Everlasting and most holy Abba. Yes, Father. Gracious Yahuwah, thank you. Yes. Because of your kindness and long suffering. Yes. You have given every opportunity yes. for us to be saved. Amen. Father, we have done our best. Yes, Father. We have chosen to listen to your holy words. Yes. Many of us have received baptism. Yes. And have been added into the body of your beloved son. Amen. What else do we need to do? Yes. We want to be sure for salvation. Yes. We know, Father, that salvation can only be attained. If you will consider us your sons and daughters through your son, Yahusha. We believe and place trust in your work. Yes. Please, loving Abba, if there's something lacking in us. Yes. If it's disbelief or doubt. Yes. May you show us our sins. Yes. If there's something we have failed to repent of, yes. may you show this to us. Yes. Help us, loving Father, yes. that when you will send your beloved Son, yes. we will all be included among those who will be saved. Amen. Our King Yahusha, teach us to trust you. Yes. Lord. Teach us to place our confidence in you. Yes. May you remember your servants who are here yes. as we prepare for that great day of your coming. Amen. May you bless us with courage and strength, yes. faith to believe in you, yes. to trust you in all things that we can find salvation when you finally return. Amen. Father, bless our loved ones. Yes. Bless Lord. our children as well. Yes. May none of us be left behind. Yes. While we still have the opportunity, yes. may you move our hearts to repentance yes, that we may give ourselves fully to you in surrender to your holy will. Amen. Father, we believe that you have listened to our prayers. Yes, we ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen. Okay, brothers and sisters, if you have any questions, please submit them to info at assemblyofyahusha.org.